I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Every five minutes, someone dies while waiting for a compatible donor heart, liver, or kidney. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists strive to engineer an animal with human-compatible organs, thereby saving millions of lives. But these ancestors are not the docile herd animals they envision. Instead, the project spawns something big, something evil, something hungry. Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler is available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Audio. Audio Media presents The Patron Saint of Suicides Created by Alex Dolan Detectives Gibson and Price stood over Clementa Ibarra's body at St. D. Haven Atamo watched from the corner of the room, hand covering her mouth. When did you discover the body? I, I, I came in early. I got the impression that you two didn't talk much. How did you know to check on her? She's my co-founder. Did I ask what her title was? Her office is on the way to the bathroom. I saw her door open and... There she was on the floor. How long did it take for you to call us? I called immediately. Did you touch the needle? No. No. The needle was next to her when I found her. Was anyone else in the office last night? Uh, the call center upstairs. We keep the center locked from 8 until 7, but we have people who work overnight. We'll need that list. Gibson crouched and rubbed a glove finger over Clementa's neck to find the injection wound. Did you see Peter Landis from the Tribune outside? Fucking parasite. It's too good a story to pass up. One of the founders of a crisis counseling center killed by lethal injection? If I were Landis, I'd pounce on this. Wouldn't you, Haven? Haven's jaw hung open, her eyes fixed on Clementa. I can't tell. Are you broken up about this? Or are you relieved? Are you going to say something? All right. 
When was the last time you saw Clementa alive? Here. Yesterday. Yesterday morning. Miss Ultima, did you kill this woman? No. Did you kill this woman? No! Why are you connected to so many dead people? Odds are, this needle was full of pentabarbital. I know there's a woman named Phoebe Newhouse who's planning on committing assisted suicide with your mother, Kumiko Ochima. Does Phoebe Newhouse have anything to do with this? I have no idea. Did Phoebe Newhouse ever meet Clementa? No idea. Clementa came to the station yesterday. She made a full-on confession about her role in the train track killings. It confirmed what Lynn Jackson said in her confession. Both of these women named you as a conspirator. What do you expect me to say? She was released from custody yesterday afternoon. She obviously came here. Maybe she told you. Maybe she told you and you turned on her. You took a syringe of pentobarbital from Newhouse's supplies. No! Maybe you sent someone to do it for you. Maybe even Newhouse. I didn't kill anyone! Not according to two confessions. Let's say you didn't have anything to do with this. That would mean someone is picking off anyone who was questioned in the train track killings. They murdered Lynn Jackson and now Clementa Ibarra. How long do you think it'll take for them to get to you? How long do you think it'll take for them to get to Wesley Pope? A confession might be the only way to protect yourself. Or him. Prison or death. Your call, Miss Ultima. The time is 9.47 a.m. Resuming interview with Detective Victor Blossom. It took some work to track you down. Well, for the record, I came here on my own free will. Sure you did. Did you hear about Clementa Ibarra? You know her, don't you? I questioned her for another case. What about her? She was found dead this morning. Single injection in the neck, right in her office at St. D. You remember going to St. D, don't you? What does this have to do with anything? You're playing it off like you don't care, but I can see you care a little. Not much, but a little. You're probably wondering if anything happened to Haven Otomo. Do you want to know? I want to go one day without hearing that name. Everyone knows you two are close. You're buddies, aren't you? You got close during the train track killings. You got closer during the Walking Sam case. Are you two an item? It would make sense. You're a widower. She broke up with her boyfriend. Big age gap between you. But it works for some people. During those cases, I questioned Ms. Otomo because it was relevant to both cases. That is the beginning and end of my association with her. How about Warren Hill, the rubble man and the man who likely killed your wife? When is this going to end? Whenever I choose to end it. Then just get to it. Interview paused at 9.49 a.m. Why did you do that? I don't care about Warren Hill. No one cares about Warren Hill. He's something that crawled out from under a rock, and it's fitting that he was buried under one. He probably did kill your wife. Maybe you killed him. Maybe someone else killed him. The world's better off without him. I don't see what that has to do with pausing the recording. I don't care about him either, and I would say that on the record. 
You probably think there's some secondary recorder in the room, that I pause this recording to lull you into a false sense of trust. I assume there's a recorder everywhere I go. I wouldn't trust me either. But I'll tell you something else. You know Sebastian Fennell? I don't even care that you broke both his ankles. He's an asshole and a shitty detective. And from what I gather, he ambushed you at your house when your son was inside watching from the window. I can't really blame you. I've got teenagers myself, two boys, 12 and 14. I'd lose my shit if someone came to my home and attacked me. What I'm getting at is I don't give a good godly damn if you're a violent man. If we investigated all the violent men here, we'd lose half the force. The reason I'm investigating you is that I'm fairly certain you tampered with a case. There's something you know about the train track killings that you've kept secret. My theory? You know Haven Otomo was involved and you haven't said anything. You're protecting her. God knows why. If you're not bumping, if you're not even her friend, what's in it for you? I couldn't wrap my head around it. Then I started to think about it. I think there's a connection between you. Her son, Milo, I believe, was shot and killed on the original Bard shooting in 2015. Your wife was murdered. Both of you lost people you love. I think that might be it. I'm not even sure you know that's why you're protecting her. Maybe it's subconscious. But that's the only thing that makes sense to me. Then we've got all that business with Walking Sam. She was a consort for you during that case. You protected her from becoming another victim of Walking Sam. Did you see what the M.E. found when he examined Clementa Ibarra's body? Cigarette burns down her arm and a Walking Sam scar cut into her skin. Still healing, it was so recent. So Ibarra was involved in the Walking Sam case too. It's all related and I know you know something about this you're not telling. That's why I'm investigating you. I think you tampered with two cases. And if it's two cases we know about, how many other cases don't we know about? You're dirty, not in the normal way when you're getting bribes or smacking around perps, you're tanking cases. Now, I might not be able to prove anything. Maybe you hid your tracks. I might never be able to make a case against you, but do you know what I can do? I can taint your reputation. An investigation like this, it plants that seed of doubt. No one's going to trust you. They'll avoid you like you were contagious. You'll get pulled off the important cases. You'll be a background player in the unimportant ones. If I can't take your badge, I'll at least take your name. Interview resumes at 9.53 a.m. I'm still in shock about Clementa. They were right. I can't tell if I'm horrified or relieved. Or terrified for me. I check the Envy site. Welcome to the Envy. No villains. No victims. I'm at the Magic Bread Factory, where Wesley's art installation used to be. They've torn down his glass flowers, and the only remains are the fragments of concrete wall that the bulldozers haven't leveled. A corner of the factory still stands, just large enough that someone could hide behind it. You can still see some of the scales from Wesley's monster. Someone tagged that wall with the words, Walking Sam. Maybe Owen was right. Maybe it just takes one good story to stir people up. Walking Sam's in prison, but the idea lives on. 
I don't have to wait long. I see him from a ways off, crossing the field on crutches. When he gets to me, he looks about as happy to see me as the last time we spoke. Thank you for meeting me. I'm sorry about the installation. It was so beautiful. How's Nick doing? You want him? No. He, he likes you better. Why am I here, Haven? Did you know Clemento was killed? Did you do it? Why would you think that? Really? Why are we here? I'm worried for you. About your safety. Someone is targeting members from our therapy group. No, no, they're not. They're targeting you and your people from last year. Do you have any sense of who you are? What you are? You might want to leave town. I'm not going anywhere. Someone might come for you. Look at my knee. Someone's already come for me. You know what I mean. You know what I think? I think you're here because the police are closing in. You want to see if I named you. It wouldn't matter if you did. Clementa made a full confession and they released her. She was killed last night after the police released her. Are you here to put a needle in my neck? You don't actually believe that. I bought you an engagement ring. I was in love with you. And I didn't have any idea who you were. Shame on me. As far as I'm concerned, you can do anything, and it wouldn't surprise me. Does this even affect you, all the pain you've caused? Y yes. No, <laughs> it doesn't. I can hear it in your voice. If this were me, the guilt would crush me. I couldn't live with myself. How long can you keep pushing that down until you finally implode? Why did you agree to meet me? To say goodbye. Please do not contact me again. Wesley ambles back across the field on his crutches, getting away from me as fast as he can. Three days after the death of attorney James Kendall, a young hacker named Shiv Patel returned to a small high-rise apartment in downtown Oakland. Is, is anyone there? Hello? Is anyone there? God, I'm getting paranoid. For the first time in three days, Patel felt comfortable enough to sit at his computer, basking in the glow of a honeycomb of monitors. All right, let's check in. Welcome to the Envy. No villains, no victims. 36% boost in uniques. Hmm, not bad for a three-day boost. Most coming from the story in the Tribune. Thank you, thank you, Clementa Ibarra. Who, who's that? A figure stepped into the office. Dressed in a mask, Patel recognized from Mexican wrestling. Hello, <laughs> Shiv Patel. Uh, uh, I have a, a gun. I have a gun. Patel understood why the stranger was here. I know what you did to Tim. That's how you found me, right? I was a contact on his phone. I, I barely knew him. He defended me a few years ago. He checks on me to make sure I haven't gotten into trouble. That's it. I swear. I see what's on your screen. 
This? No, no, it, it's not what you think. I just heard about this site. The Oakland Tribune just ran a story about it. I was just, uh, I was just curious. The stranger holstered their gun and pocketed their phone and produced a syringe. Don't, don't, don't come closer. I'll use this, huh? The stranger advanced. The monitors shined their blue glow on the tip of the needle. Stay away. Stay away from me. Tell me what you want. Tell me. I, 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 I can give you whatever you want. Tell me. Tell me. The stranger moved fast. No, 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 no. I, I, I don't deserve this. Please, I'm not the one you want. Oh, oh my God. Oh my God. Please, no, no. Please. I'm watching TV with my mom. I'm shaken and... It's all I can do not to talk to her about it. Even if we drifted apart over the past few years, part of me still wants to share everything and ask her to make it better. Phoebe came to get the rest of her stuff? Almost all of it. But yes, she's gone for good. <sighs> Coward. I don't blame her for being afraid. She was doing me a kindness, and she doesn't deserve to go to jail for it. What's going to happen now? Yes. Uh, what's going to happen now? We watch another of my dad's movies. This one's called Brain Fried. My father survived a zombie apocalypse by running a diner where he cooks brains for undead patrons. He's a fixture of the community and the only living man left in the city. Sunny side up. Philip! Jaw's hanging a little loose today. Puree for Philip. <sighs> Stephanie, that's sweet. But you know I could never be a zombie. I hate crowds. How does he know their names? I don't know. Maybe they have wallets on them. How does he get brains for the restaurant? It's the zombie apocalypse. There have to be bodies everywhere. Then why don't the zombies just get their brains from the bodies? I don't know. Why don't people cook their own hamburgers? Later, in the movie, a love story develops between my dad and a female zombie. In this scene, the romance is in crisis. But I love you. Don't do that. Look at us. This isn't so bad. I might not be like you, but we love each other. Maybe we're not perfect, but who is? We've got love. A family with love. What's so bad about that? I'm a suffering. <laughs> you and me both. That's got to be the weirdest love scene I've ever seen. That's not what I mean. I know. I just didn't want to talk about it. You know, for a long time, I thought you were cursed. Between 
Milo and your boyfriend, uh, what was his name? Chris. That's right. Then all of that business with the Golden Gate Bridge, then you setting up the suicide hotline. Crisis Counseling Center. Not to mention your father. I thought death followed you wherever you went. Maybe you were haunted because of how your father died. But I think you might just be stuck in grief. You had a lot to grieve for, but you haven't been able to move past it. You know, it's possible to move on, don't you? I didn't have the luxury of leaving the country. Sure you did. You could have moved wherever you wanted. It's not easy for me. It's not supposed to be easy. But you've suffered enough. Haven, I'm suffering. I only have a few weeks left. I don't want it to take that long. I'm weak and I'm in pain. It's only going to get worse. I need to ask you something. The Patron Saint of Suicides was created by Alex Dolan and produced by Audio Media and co-written by Alex Dolan and Vince DeJohnny. Starring Elisa Park as Haven Otomo, Rob Schwab as Victor Blossom, Dee Rosen as Kamiko Otomo, Georgia McKenzie as Zoe Gibson, Paul Green Dennis as Leonard Price, Robin Regalado as Clementa Ibarra, A.J. Beckles as Owen Olson, and Richie Ammons as the narrator. Also featuring performances by Morrison James, Jason Webb, Bill Kernodal, Patrick Conroy, Brenda Smith, Akshdeep Singh, Marianne Case, John Klug, Jamie Mack, CJ Cressy, Catherine Michaels, Erica Sanderson, CB Drogi, and Allison Shepard. For more information, visit www.suicidesaints.com. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. 
As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts.